بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of surah yasin and we have reached verse 20 قال الله تعالى وجاء من اقصى المدينه رجل يسعى قال يا قوم اتبعوا المرسلين ايمان there came running from the farthest part of the town a man saying O oh my people obey the messengers you remember the messengers were rejected by the people of the town and here comes to them a warner and there came running from the farthest part of the town a man saying O oh my people obey the messengers من أقصل مدينة from the farthest part of the town and the messengers and those who belied them were in the middle of the town in its center because most often that knowledge and civilization and people's presence is in the middle and this man he was from the farthest part of the town so he heard that the people of the town belied the messengers and he this man rahimahullah may Allah's mercy be upon him already believed he was a believer and some people some people of tafsir mentioned a name mentioned the name of this man as Habib al-Najjar Habib al-Najjar his name al-Najjar however such a name and the specification of a name is not proven by the way of the Prophet and it's possible that this was picked up from the children of Israel and our position therefore is that we don't deny nor do we affirm we don't deny nor do we affirm here in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ رَجُلٌ and there came running from the farthest part of the town a man came okay and there came running from the farthest part of town so in this verse it began with the town and then the mentioning of the man while in the story of Musa and the Qubti from the people of Pharaoh 
there was a mention of the man before his place as we read in Surah Al-Qasas 28 verse 20 وَجَاءَ رَجُلٌ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ يَسْعَى قَالَ يَا مُوسَى إِنَّ الْمَلَأَ يَأْتَمِرُونَ بِكَ And there came a man running from the farthest end of the city. You see, it is reversed. Do you notice this? Did you notice this now? In our verse 3620, the town before the man is mentioned. Here, in the case of Musa, and there came a man running from the farthest end of the city, and he said, O Musa, verily the chiefs are taking counsel together uh, about you, to harm you, meaning. Do you see the difference now? You see the difference? In this verse we are talking about, check the words, the place is mentioned before the man. And in the, read it here, and there came running from the farthest part of the town, Amen. While in the verse in Surah Al-Qasas in 28-20, and there came a man running from the farthest end of the city. The man was mentioned before the place. Compare. Is it clear? <coughs> okay, what's the benefit in this? It is because in our story, the man was a believer. So, it was easy for him to come from this farthest town, and this farthest town's place was mentioned, so that it tells us of his strong love for good and for repelling evil and forwarding of evil. So his strong love for good and forwarding of evil made him come running. from this farthest place. While in the case of Musa and that uh, the other man, what is intended there is the information. 
that someone came with the information to Musa. So it began with the man who was coming before mentioning the name of the, before mentioning the town, before mentioning the place. Also another benefit here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse says وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ So there came from the farthest town and this tells that the town can be called or the Al-Qariya, Al-Qariya, which is in the traditional thinking, the Qariya refers to the village. But, in fact, the Qariya can be called a town, Medina or city. Similarly, the city can be called as such with the term Qariya. Mecca, for example, Allah referred to it as Qariya, meaning a city. But the term Qariya, as I mentioned earlier, traditionally people think of it as a village. So, it is not as most of people think that the Qariya is the small town, but rather Al-Qariya could be a city. Why? Because the origin of the term Al-Qariya, its meaning is taken from Al-Qira, which means At-Tajammu' gathering. فَإِنَّ النَّاسَ يَجْتَمِعُونَ فِيهِ Verily, indeed, people come together to be together in this place. Traditionally, according to many in their traditions, they refer to the big town as a city. And if it is smaller than that, they refer to it as Qariya, village. So, the distinction between the Qariya and the city and Medina from the traditional aspect only otherwise they could mean the same this is another benefit so this man came running lest the opportunity can be lost when he heard of their belonging قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ He said, O my people, follow the messengers, obey the messengers. You see here, he didn't say, O you foolish, O you ignorant. Rather he said, in way of, kindness 
intending to incline them. He said, Ya Qawmi, O my people. And he didn't say, O my brothers, because there is no brotherhood between the believer and the kafir. And he was a believer, and they were kuffar. But he said, Ya Qawmi, O my people, and it's okay to say that, even if they are kafirs. Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 66. وَكَذَّبَ بِهِ قَوْمُكَ وَهُوَ الْحَقِّ But your people have denied it. Your people. Though it is the truth. So this man came and he said, يَا قَوْمِ O my people, obey the messengers. Follow them and obey them in that which they called you for. They called you for iman, faith, وَالْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحِ and righteous deeds. Because these messengers, they are like all the other messengers. They call for the same thing, and that is obeying and worshipping none but Allah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that clear in Surah Al-Anbiya 21-25, Allah ta'ala, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ And we did not send any messenger before you, but we inspired him saying, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا So none has the right to be worshipped but me, so worship me alone and none else. He further said, اتبعوا من لا يسألكم أجرا Follow. Obey those who ask no wages of you for themselves. And they are the messengers because they call people and they don't take and they don't ask for wages or anything for in return for their efforts, but they seek the reward from Allah the Most High as to people they take nothing they don't take any wages for their da'wah nor for their guiding people to the truth rather they seek the reward from Allah Azza wa Jal.
And he said, Obey those who ask no wages of you, وَهُمْ muhtadun And who are rightly guided. And this could mean, they don't ask no wages of you, while they are rightly guided. And it also could mean, and who are rightly guided. Now, he said further, وَمَالِيَ لَا أَعْبُدُ الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي وإليه ترجعون وما لي لا أعبد الذي فطرني listen here carefully please there is kindness in da'wa in his words and in the way he expressed himself here instead of saying why don't you worship the one who created you Instead of saying that, listen and read please what he said. He said, And why should I not worship him alone? So he related the matter to himself. Out of kindness. You see what he said? And why should I not worship him? So he didn't say, and why don't you worship the one who created you? Instead he said, and why shouldn't, should I not worship him who has created me and to whom you shall be returned? And in this way of exclamation, there is a denial. Meaning, nothing prevents me to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. What's the thing that prevents me from worshipping Him alone? Another beautiful thing in his words that needs contemplation. Listen to what he said in the same statement. 
He said, And why should I not worship him? He didn't say, And why should I not worship Allah? Another beautiful thing in his words. He didn't say, And why shouldn't I worship Allah? Rather he said الذي فطرني worship him who has created me meaning the fact that he has created me necessitates that he is the one who deserves to be worshipped alone since he is the creator This is like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah in chapter 2 verse 21. Ya ayyuhal nasu Abudu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum The same thing. O mankind, worship your Lord. Listen to what he said. Who created you? And those who were before you. So, the saying, who created you, is a reasoning for the command to worship him alone. Since he is the only creator, and therefore he is the only one to be worshipped. Alladhi fatarani, who created me, fatarani in the first place. He created me the awal marra bringing to existence for the first time nothing of the like before as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Fatir Verse 1 Alhamdulillahi Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard All praises and thanks be to Allah Fatir, the originator of the heavens and the earth Or as in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2, 
The originator of the heavens and the earth. Unprecedented. And therefore this this entails that he is the only God worthy of worship. And other than Allah, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nahl 1620, لا يخلقون شيئا وهم يخلقون Those whom they invoke besides Allah have not created anything but are themselves created You see now? So how come that you worship those who could not create and it is him and it is therefore from the fiqh understanding and from the hikmah wisdom and good da'wah of this believing man is that he linked the ruling to the dalil, to the evidence. This is like, you know, when you, when you argue or you discuss rather someone with someone and you tell him, and why not should I, and why should I not do such and such? What's the obstacle? What's the hindrance? If there is no obstacle, nothing prevents, therefore it should be the same for you. Therefore it should be the same for you. And why should I not worship him who created me? Similarly, it should be the same for you.
Then he ended by saying, and to him you shall return. And therefore he will recompense you for your deeds. If you continue on kufr, or if you accept Islam. The benefits of this verse. Number one. The sincere advice of this man to his people. And this is from two angles, that he came from a far place, secondly, he came running, and this shows that the person should seek the opportunities in giving advice and admonishing and warning his people and should not lax saying well tomorrow I will go or at the end of the day and so forth rather he should hasten to give advice and admonish And from the benefits of this verse, is that if it is needed, then it is permissible for the person to begin with warning before making a prelude or an introduction, if needed again if they need a rise. Because this man said to his people, obey the messengers immediately from the very beginning. And he did not bring an introduction to prepare them for the acceptance. Why? Because the situation demanded that. And from the benefits is that one should be kind in his saying while giving da'wah to others. And this man said, Ya qawmi, O my people. Because here this showed concern towards the people, his people.
And the fourth benefit is that the messengers don't ask for wages from their people. And from the benefits, the caller to Allah should refrain from taking money from people even if they give him, because this may diminish his status and rank if he takes for that which he gives from da'wah and admonition because the messenger messengers alayhim salatu wassalam they don't ask wages from people and through this we know the ugliness the ugly actions done by some although they are now few who stand and give admonitions and sometimes very effective admonitions and then when they finish they say I am in need and I have a family and the like so the admonition tends to be for a worldly gain Should one conclude also here that it is not permissible to take wages for teaching people knowledge because it may be in opposition to the way of the messengers or this is not the case. The thing which is not permissible to take wages for is the call to Allah Azza wa Because it's a binding duty on the individual to call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, teaching which may require Exertion, exertion of efforts and hardship and toil and special ways of making people understand then there is no harm in that and the Prophet والسلام, said the most deserving of wages that you can take for that you may take is the wage for teaching the book of Allah
Could it also be concluded from this verse that it is not permissible to take from the take money from the Muslim treasury for the purpose of da'wah and guidance could this be deduced from this verse the answer is no however there is no doubt that Refraining from taking is more fitting. For the man, for the person to go and give da'wah for the sake of Allah, Azza wa Jal, without taking anything in return, and also not taking anything from the Muslim government in return. This is no doubt that this is better and closer to sincerity and more effective in the in its influence on people's hearts even if the people did not know that he does not take in return anything why? because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instills in their hearts the acceptance for this admonisher or caller even though they may not know that he does not take anything in return And from the benefits of this verse is that it's an obligation, an obligation on the caller to Allah to call based upon knowledge and sure knowledge. Because this is the way the messengers, whereupon they call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on guidance. As to those who call to Allah Azza wa Jal without guidance they can cause more harm than benefits because they may turn the unlawful to lawful and the lawful to unlawful while knowing not and thus causing corruption in the deen and in the creed
and from the benefits of this verse is is that it directs to وجوب الإخلاص في العبادة the obligation to be sincere in worship because he said الذي فطرني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only creator and thus he should be singled out in worship and no one should claim that these gods that they worship create And therefore they don't deserve any share of worship. And from the benefits is that it is from the perfect way of da'wah is to link the ruling to the jaleel, to the evidence. And also from the benefits is that it should be mentioned that the threat, and the threat and warning should be mentioned after giving glad tidings and inciting for good because here he said وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ and you shall return to him so he began first by mentioning the creation and then its end and that all of that is to Allah Azza wa Jal. الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم